Hey, Beyond the Saddle fans, I'm bringing you a bonus episode. Denise Alvarez of the How to Market Your Horse Business podcast, she reached out to me and wanted to do a joint episode together, so we did just that. So here it is. Please enjoy our episode, Five Hidden Careers in the Equine Industry and How They're Crushing Marketing. Hey, Katie, thank you so much for being here on the podcast. I'm so grateful and I'm so excited for all that you have to share today. Thanks so much for inviting me, Denise. I was so happy when you reached out and I think this is just such a fun collaboration for us to do. It is. I'm super excited. So I shared just a little bit about you before um, jumping into this interview on my podcast. So would you share a little bit more about your podcast, Beyond the Saddle? How did you guys come up with that and, and what's the goal or purpose of your own podcast? Perfect. Well, I'll give you sort of the backstory um, because it's kind of entertaining. So I work for the Equine Network, which is a huge company, and it includes memberships and events and media and marketing services. Um, You probably know us from our legacy brands like Equus Magazine, Practical Horseman, or Horse and Rider. Um, So I got hired at this great, amazing company, right? And they brought in the entire digital team for our yearly summit to like brainstorm new ideas and take a look at our business opportunities, which was way fun. Oh, I bet. Um, that sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, just such smart, amazing people all in one room. And like, I was just like starstruck to be a part of it, <laughs> which was way fun. Um, so we're like brainstorming and daydreaming and Melissa Kitchen, who's my boss and the vice president of marketing services mentioned that she'd love to see a podcast or a platform that talks about all of the careers in the industry. Um, So all of our clients and all of the companies we work with, they have these amazing staffs just full of like really smart business minded individuals, but they're also horse owners and horse lovers. So our marketing manager at the time turns to me and she goes, well, how about Katie? I mean, Katie could do that. (laughs) And of course I'm like starstruck. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll figure it out. You know, I know nothing about podcasting, but I'm super passionate about the industry. Um, I was an agricultural business major in college honestly, because I thought that a degree in equine science was like the same as a degree in cleaning stalls, which is a hundred percent not true. Right. (laughs) But I just didn't know, you know, I wish that a podcast or a platform had existed like this when I was trying to figure out how to get into the equine industry in the professional space. So that's the goal. Now. Um, I just want to create content that really highlights all of the careers in the industry and the professionals themselves. And therefore beyond the saddle podcast was born. I love it. And I love the name of it. That's so fun. And what I love too is um, how intentional they were about the type of content, which is podcasting, which is the same reason I started the How to Market Your Horse Business podcast, because right now people are really loving audio content that they can take on the go. And so to be able to have something that they can keep in their pocket, have in their truck, you know, have wherever and be able to consume it um, at any time is so helpful, especially for equine people who are always on the go and hardly ever actually sitting at a computer. Yes, for sure. The Equine Network has like a whole network of podcasts for that reason, right? Because, you know, we offer print content and social media, you know, is our jam. But but having that podcast platform is kind of a new space for us. And it's super exciting. So we've seen some great growth there. And Beyond the Saddle is one of them. So I'm just happy to be a part of it. Yeah, that is so awesome. And so that is why I actually reached out to you and said, look, is, is there a way that we can help each other in our podcast? Um, because I know that you are talking to some really 
um, unique equine professionals, unique in such a way that their careers are unique. And so I thought it would be fun for us to talk about some of the hidden careers in the equine industry that you have discovered and highlighted through your podcast. And then we can also talk about um, how they're crushing marketing, because of course, this is the how to market your horse business podcast. So that way we can also give some tips and strategies and ideas for my listeners to take away and apply in their own business, even if it's from somebody that they thought they would never learn from, which I love. Yes. I love all of that. Yeah. I mean, if you think about like, if you go to your local feed store or your local tax store, right. And you picture all of the products on the shelf in front of you, every single one of those products was designed by someone. And then a team of marketers like designed the label and the colors and the advertising campaign, and they got it on the shelf in front of you. Right. So there's like so many pieces of the industry that affect our everyday lives as horse owners that we don't even think about, like that doesn't even occur to us, which is amazing to me. Yeah, that's such a good point. And, you know, so often when I talk to people um, in my life that are not necessarily involved in the industry and I say I help horse business owners, then naturally and automatically they think horse trainers and riding instructors, which is totally Mm -hmm. true. And I love to help those people, but it has been so eye opening when I can share, well, yes, but then there are also saddle makers and some of the ones that we'll talk about here today too, that are all involved in the equine industry that are not always top of mind, but they sure make a huge impact and difference in the industry. Absolutely. It's so diverse. And I'm so thankful for every single one of those careers that helps me do what I love, right? (laughs) Right, exactly. Okay, so you're going to share with us some of the unique or hidden careers that you have highlighted um, so that my listeners can learn about them. And then we will jump into some of the marketing for each of those and just kind of the things that maybe they mentioned on your podcast or that I saw on their website or social media. So let us jump in. What is the first hidden career in the equine industry? Perfect. Well, the first one I want to talk about is Danny Powers, and she is an independent equine artist. Um, her company is Powers Perspective Designs. Um, and Danny was well on her way to becoming a professional barrel racer when she got this calling to paint. Um, and so now she's an artist and she creates modern Western paintings that are home decor. And she likes to say it's for the hustlers inside and outside of the arena, which I just absolutely love. <laughs> um, but her art is really very smartly very niche. Um, It appeals to barrel racers, those who are in the cow horse culture and the like. Um, It's got bold, loud colors and textures. And of course, it features horses and livestock and the different Western disciplines. So she's really smart um, in the way that she's marketed herself and positioned herself and just so much fun to talk to. She's just brilliant. I love her career. I love her her journey. (laughs) Yes, I know. I love her journey too. And I jumped on her website, of course, to look at the art. As soon as you say artist, then you're like, okay, I want to see it. Uh, And yeah, her stuff is absolutely beautiful. And what I loved is from a marketing perspective, how clearly she knows, like you said, who she's serving. So she doesn't just say I'm an equine artist, but she literally says a Western equine artist for the hustlers inside and outside the arena, like you said, and that is so smart. You know, I talk about on the podcast and in my Facebook group, how important it is to know who your audience is and know who you're targeting and who you're talking to, because then you can create marketing material that actually speaks to them. And that's exactly what she's doing. Her art speaks to the people that she is creating for. And now that also means if you are not in the Western world, if you're in the English or hunter jumper world, you may not be so prone to want to buy her art. And that's okay. You know, it (laughs) reminds people that it's okay to know who you're serving and who your niche is and serve them really well. And you can experience some really great success. So I love that. 
Yeah, she talks a lot in our episode, which is episode 30, um, of just how that niche serves such a role for her, right? Like she even compared to when she makes a post, you know, or when she's talking to her audience, she can picture them, right? Like she knows what they're doing for lunch. Like she knows, you know, what podcasts they're listening to. Of course, not literally, right? But she has right. this like really niche image of who these people are, which helps her speak really genuinely and authentically to them. And it works for me. Like I'm hook, line and sinker. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I appreciate you mentioning the episode number, which I did meant to say at the top that I'll make sure that on the show notes for this episode, that I will have a link to each of these for anyone who wants to learn more about these careers. So we'll link to their websites and to the podcast episode. So that will be at the show notes at stormlily.com slash 21, because this is episode or sorry, 27, because this is episode 27. So go to stormlily.com slash 27, and we'll have the links for you there uh, to be able to listen to these interviews and then also check out the websites for these businesses. So thank you for mentioning that. Perfect. Thanks, Denise. Yeah. All right. Tell me your second one. So the next one we'll look at is Heidi Whitman, and she is the chief operations officer and founder of a company called Naked Leaf. Um, And Naked Leaf is a CBD company, and they're based out of the UK, which is where she lives now, although she's originally from the States. Uh, But they produce products for humans, pets, and horses. Heidi is super fun because she really took her passion, uh, which is a passion for healing, and now she started that into an international CBD company that helps horses and their owners every day. So I'm just really inspired by her and the journey that she took um, to really do something that she loved and turn it into this multinational great corporation that helps people. I love that. And you know what I really love? And for our listeners to know this. So uh, Katie and I did talk about who we were going to talk about today, but we didn't talk about the marketing points. And so far, the points that Katie's bringing up are the same points that I was going to bring up. And so I love that because it means that it shines (laughs) through and those people are doing their job really well. Because exactly what I was going to say about Heidi is that, is that her passion shines through. And so for you listeners, my goodness, when you are passionate about what you're doing, and we know that horse people are passionate about their jobs, um, that everybody else can see and hear that and it's contagious. And so I am encouraging you in your marketing to share your passion, let that shine through and people are going to want to be involved and they're going to love, um, what you're sharing because they can tell that you believe in it. And it's very clear with Heidi that she believes in what she's doing and therefore people want to talk to her more about it. And they believe what she's saying because she knows so many things. So that's the other thing, because she's the founder and the COO, she has her hands in a lot of places and she has lots of different hats on just like our listeners do here. Um, but that benefit is that when she's talking to people, she can share, the different aspects of her business, depending on who she's talking to and what their interest is. So again, for you listeners that are horse business owners, sometimes you might think it's a little bit um, of a hassle or frustration that you have to wear so many hats. However, I encourage you to try to look at it as a positive and think of how that means you can talk to so many different people and you know exactly what you're talking about no matter what questions they might have to ask because you have your hands in it. Um, was there anything else that stood out to you, Katie? But I love that you shared about the passion because that is exactly what I thought too. When you're passionate about what you're doing, people can tell and success is going to follow. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head, Denise. I mean, Heidi is 100% immersed in her company, which I think is a good note for you know any, any person in the professional space to take up on because she knows it inside and out and therefore she can advocate for it 100%. And their voice is so clear. Like if you go to their website and then go to their social pages, or if you sign up for their newsletter, the voice in which they speak to you is so crystal clear and so consistent 
because it's authentic, right? Like she believes in what she's doing. She's passionate about what she's doing and that has spread across the company. So I think they're just a really great example of a way that even on like a hot button issue, like CBD, um, they're still, you know, they're educating, you know, they're definitely speaking from a place of knowledge, but it's also a place of like, Hey, we want to help you. You know, like they have fun with it in, in a fun light too, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. That's another super good point. So yeah. All right. Let's move on to the third one. What's our third hidden career in the equine industry? Yeah. Um, I should say, so Heidi Whitman's episode is number 17. So if you want to go check that out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The next one is episode 25 and that is with Brandy Phillips. And she is actually a trick rider, um, which is super fun. I think everybody probably has an image in their mind of what a trick rider does. um, If you've been to a rodeo or like other equine performance, Um, but she's a contract feature performer, typically for rodeos or just equestrian events around the world. She was the lead trainer at the Riata Ranch Cowboy Girls from 2003 to 2016, um, which if you're not familiar with the Riata Ranch Cowboy Girls, like they are, I would say the gold standard um, in trick riding. So she definitely learned from the best of the best um, and is still sort of a part of that culture. So she's performed everywhere from Rodeo Salinas in California, all the way over to London, England for Queen Elizabeth II, which is is amazing. That is so amazing. That is really cool. She's way fun. She's just such a down to earth person too. Um, I met her or I saw her perform at the art of the cowgirl event last year. Um, and she's just, she's just fun. Like, she's just amazing. Like, I mean, she's kind of a daredevil, right? Like watching oh, her yeah. ride. Have to be. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. But uh, she's again, another one that's really passionate about it. And, you know, she fell into it as a teenager and has stuck with her since, you know, through to today and what she's done with it, which is amazing. Yes. I love that. And, you know, I love that you described her as a contract performer because that kind of speaks into like the, the hidden careers thing. Like sometimes trick writing might just look like something fun that people do on the side, but it was actually her career for a very long time. It's, it was not just a side hustle. And she talked about how, um, in your episode, I noticed that she talked about like when they go to rodeos, it's a job. It's not just go out there and perform and that's it. Like there are many other things that they're doing while they're there. And so I loved that because I thought again, um, to highlight one that a lot of times nobody would think of as, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to be, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go into the equine industry and I'm going to be a trick writer for, you know, my business. Um, so I love that. One of the things I noticed that she said in that episode that I thought was so good for anybody listening, and especially for horse business owners, was she said, if you wanted to start out in trick writing to get a good coach. And obviously in trick writing, it's life and death. So if you start to get out there and decide to try some trick writing on your own, and it doesn't work out so well. That speaks to why you need a coach. And so for horse business owners, they might be thinking, well, yeah, but it's not life or death here. But the thing is, as a horse business owner, when you're wanting to do marketing well, when you're wanting to do sales well, when you're wanting to do uh, what horse training well, all of those things, it's so important to be intentional to build those relationships and get solid advice and coaching from people who have A, been there before or B, maybe they're just an outside or an objective third party who has some skills in an area that you don't have. So it might even be, you know, writing copy for your website, you know, it might be um, doing the social media things, but it also might be just general business operations. If you have a lesson barn and you're like, I don't know what other people are doing. Maybe you can find someone else that's been successful at it and figure out the ins and outs of it, you know? So I thought, it was so smart of her to say, get a good coach. And I think that applies to so much more than just trick writing. For sure. I think her cute little quip that she put in there when she was talking about that was 
eagles don't hang out with chickens, right? Yes. Yes. (laughs) She learned from eagles. Yeah. Like she didn't, you know, you don't, you don't learn to team rope from, you know, somebody who can't rope the dummy, right? Like you've learned from the best of the best. Same is true of trick writing. Same is true of any skill you want to learn. You learn from the best of the best. Like you're going to carry those skills through. Yes, that is absolutely true. And yes, I hadn't actually never heard that quote before and I thought it was brilliant. That's a really good. <laughs> it's such a good visual, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. And who wants to be, if like, if you're given the choice between the eagle and the chicken, obviously you're picking the eagle. That's so right. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay. All righty. So let's keep going then. Um, Tanner Isaacs, I think is our next hidden career in the equine industry. Tell us a little bit more about him. Yeah, so I interviewed Tanner for episode 24, and he is a breeding farm manager uh, for Vista Equine Colorado, which is right up the road from me, Um, and it's a full-service breeding farm located here in northern Colorado, and they stand a handful of stallions. They also offer mare and foaling services, and then they have a full sales fitting program, Um, so it really is like an around-the-year kind of operation for sure. Um, and their clientele ranges from barrel racers to rainers to Arabians. I mean, they've got pretty much anything you could think of in that barn, um, either standing at stud or mares in to be fold out, which is busy, like especially this time of year here in mm-hmm. spring. I mean, they are hopping. Um, but Tanner's just, he's tons of fun to talk to you about how he manages the facility itself, but also the clients in and out, you know, and the horses in and out. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I was amazed by how much he is doing on yeah, an annual basis, a year round basis. It's not just seasonal because he was talking about, you know, the first half of the year is this and then the second half. Um, and again, you know, I know that our listeners are working year round too. So I get that. Um, but the other thing that you all talked about is he, he also started diamond cross ag services, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was looking over there at their Facebook page and social media and whatnot. And the thing that I wanted to talk about there was the power of using high quality digital imagery for your business. So obviously in his case, it is selling horses. And so he's putting together these great videos and taking beautiful photos and making sure that he's helping to market the horses that they're helping to sell, whether it's going to an actual sale or selling it on their uh, website or when people come in person and all of those things. Um, but he is a great example of knowing that high quality digital imagery can really help make the biggest difference for your business when you're trying to make a sale. So when people can see what you're offering, or so if you don't have a product that you're selling and you have a service, when you can show them that service and you can show them what that service can do for them visually, it can make such a difference when you're trying to market your business, right? Absolutely. Yes. And I encourage everybody to go check them out. Um, Diamond Cross Ag Services and just drool over like the photos he's taken and some of the videos they have, because I mean, the horses themselves are to die for gorgeous, uh, you know, which also helps, but yeah, he sort of fell into that niche of, Hey, like we have these, all of these great horses either going to a sale or we have stallions we need to market, you know, what better way to do that than with crystal clear, really jaw dropping, stunning photography. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think like the horse industry, like we're kind of lucky because we have really beautiful subjects. I know, right? <laughs> Isn't that true? <laughs> yeah. So you just get to fine tune those skills or reach out to the people that have them um, to make sure that you're capturing for your business the best aspects, right? So that you can really showcase what is what makes you great. 
Yes, absolutely. And as you said that I am reminded and I'll make sure I link to this in my show notes, but I did an episode a little while back ago with an equine photographer and she talked about some of the specific tips in preparing if you're going to have somebody come and take pictures at your business. Um, and so I will make sure and link to that into the show notes as well, because yeah, you're right. If you can't do it yourself, you definitely can hire somebody and it will make the world of difference for sure. And obviously he runs a very successful breeding program and he started doing that because he knows the difference that it can make. Yes, for sure. The other thing I wanted to point out about Tanner um, that he mentions in his episode is that he runs the internship program. Um, so Vista Equine has a really unique relationship with the university, uh, which is Colorado State is closest for them. And I think there's an opportunity there um, that businesses should really think about hosting internships um, and reaching out to their local university and getting kind of that, that younger labor force in there um, just for like fresh perspective and, and also to help grow your business. So I think Tanner is a really good example of how they've done that. Yeah. I love that. I really appreciate you mentioning that. That's a very good point. Okay. Amazingly, we're on our last one, but is our fifth hidden career in the equine industry? I know. Yeah. Um, so Brenna Johnson from episode 10 is the youth and family programs coordinator for the Arabian horse association. Um, so she what, well, she lives here in Denver, uh, so not far from me. So we actually got to get together in person for this interview, which was fun because, you know, you get to kind of interact more and, you know, chat a little bit more honestly, uh, more candidly. And I really got to understand what her role means for AHA. Um, so she gets to innovate in new and fun ways to really keep the youth of the Arabian Horse Association engaged with their horses and the association itself. So like she does like water fights and stick horse races, but oh, she's also fun. sitting in yeah. at like board meetings. I mean, her role really spans the entire breadth of the company. Mm -hmm. So she gets to have a little fun, um, but she also gets to advocate for the association itself. I love that. That's really, really neat. Yeah, it was very interesting to listen in on that. Uh, there were a couple things that I noticed there. Now, one is she was talking about the importance of connections, which we talked about some already with, you know, meeting people that you can learn from. Uh, but in this point, she was talking about, you know, when they go and they have a horse show and maybe they need to have some horses there that they need to plan ahead, then they have connections and their association that they're able to call on and say, hey, can you bring your horses in for this show? Here's what we need. Uh, and I thought it was just a great point and a good reminder for all of us of how interconnected everything is, right? So for horse business owners, whether it's in your community or whether it's in associations that you may join, um, but to be intentional to seek out and build those connections because you never know what you might need. And you'd also never know when someone else could be a helping hand or with you could be a helping hand to someone else too. So I thought that was really good. But then one other thing I noticed that she actually didn't mention, but I saw this on their website and I thought I've got to mention it because it's really smart. And I think that our businesses could apply this and it kind of goes in line with the growing connections, but the American, or I'm sorry, the Arabian horse association has something called discovery farms. And so it actually gives people an opportunity to interact with and meet Arabian horses if they're not involved in it. So I first noticed they were showing this on their social media. So I jumped onto their website to figure it out. And it's a program that they have where you can look at a map and see if there's a discovery farm in your area. And if there is, you can call them up and say, you want to come over and learn more about the Arabian horse. You want to meet their horses. You know, you can ask to ride depending on the farm, that type of thing. And I thought, what a brilliant way for them to give people a very easy point of entry 
to what it's like to be around an Arabian horse and to get to know the people in the industry and make those connections. So it does not matter what kind of horse business you have. You definitely can give people a taste of what you do or what you offer, even if they can't physically experience it. So maybe you have one location, so you can't say, yeah, wherever you are in the country, there's a discovery farm nearby. However, maybe you can do a virtual tour of your business and make that available online, or maybe you can host a virtual event of some sort. Um, you know, there's a lot of different ways that you can just give people a taste of what it is that you do or what it is that you offer to help them to experience it and see if it's for them. That is a brilliant thing to point out from that episode. I absolutely love that. Um, uh, in that same vein, another really smart thing that I think AHA does is they understand that there's a lot of people out there who love horses, uh, but don't have them themselves, right? Or don't really have mm. a way to get involved. So um, the discovery program is a great example of that. Um, maybe a more simple way that they also do it that you can also apply is just offering volunteer opportunities. Um, like they're really good about just reaching out into communities that love horses and you know, for them that love Arabian horses or want to get involved. And they've got all these different ways that you can engage as a volunteer at the events, you know, at local barns, at things like that. So I think that's something to keep in mind too, that, you know, don't forget your surrounding community of people who love horses that, that maybe have no intention of ever buying one, you know, or, or owning one in some capacity or leasing one or whatever, uh, but still want to have some connection and still want to be able to engage. So, and maybe that's volunteering. Yeah, that's a really, really great point for sure. And especially these days, no matter where you are, there's almost always a nonprofit of some sort or a therapeutic writing center of some sort that could use volunteers. Um, and so I love that point. That's a really good one. Okay. That was so fun. I really am excited for my listeners to get to hear this. And then I know it's going to be on your podcast too, as a bonus episode. So thank you for that. And I think it's going to be so fun for people to get to meet each one of these. And like I said, I will have links to each episode and each business and all the things at the show notes at stormlily.com slash 27. Now, Katie, is there anything else that you think my listeners and your listeners should know about careers that are beyond the saddle? Yeah, I just want to give you um, some food for thought. So everybody listening, just sort of thinking about where you are in the industry and how you interact with the equine industry. The overwhelming theme that I've noticed from hosting Beyond the Saddle is that everyone in the equine industry has been so willing to share their journey and their perspective, which to me like really speaks volumes for the kind of people that are in this industry. So if you have questions about a career or whatnot, reach out. Like I really encourage you to reach out. Odds are that someone is willing to talk to you about it. And if you admire the work of an equestrian company, either like what they're doing as a marketer or just as a horse owner, like you just love programs that they offer or whatnot, please let them know, right? Like the only way that we can lift each other up and open more doors for each other, like that's more opportunity for all of us. So the equine world is such a great place to work um, and play, right? <laughs> And like so many of you, I'm so blessed to work in this field that I'm passionate about. So don't take that for granted. Help each other and celebrate that. Celebrate each other and celebrate what you do every single day because it's worth it. It's amazing. That's, that's beautiful parting advice. I love that. That's so, so true. Do not be afraid to reach out. And even when you see somebody that you think like, oh, they're so successful, they don't have time. You just never know. You know, I'm sure that they had somebody that poured into them when they were coming up in the ranks. And so they may just be wanting to return that favor. So yeah, that's brilliant. I love that, Katie. Well, thank you so much again for being on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. 
Thanks so much for having me, Denise. This was fun. I hope your listeners, you know, took away some great little nuggets of wisdom and go check out Beyond the Saddle if you want to learn more about different careers. Um, And I'm sure that my listeners are going to be super excited to hear all of these little pieces of advice that we've kind of gleaned from each of these five episodes. Yes, I'm excited and grateful too. Thanks for riding along. Know someone that would be great to interview? Have questions you'd like answered on the podcast? Send me an email at beyondthesaddlepodcast at gmail.com or join the conversation on social media. You can connect with us and learn more about the Beyond the Saddle podcast by following us on Facebook and Instagram at Beyond the Saddle Podcast. Find more episodes anywhere that you get your podcasts, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Beyond the Saddle is a production of the Equine Podcast Network, an entity of the Equine Network.